Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this special episode of Trust and Believe. I wanted to first say that I hope you are all doing well and safe and quarantined in your homes. I hope that your family members are doing well. And if you or someone you know has uh, contracted the COVID-19 virus, I hope that you are keeping yourself quarantined and I wish you well, well, well wishes and a full recovery. I know we are acclimating to this new intermittent life, if you will. And so today, what I wanted to do to get you off of uh, your social media and looking at memes and maybe some articles, or maybe you are constantly watching the news and hearing things over and over again, to give you just a little insight from a really good friend of mine, uh, someone who motivates me daily especially in the medical space. Her name is Dr. Lauren Fitzgerald. I'm sure a lot of you know her. If you don't, you should definitely go follow her uh, on social media. But today I was like, you know, I want to go to a source that I trust and that's going to give it to us straight. Now, while she is a board certified anesthesiologist and medical doctor, she's not a specialist in viruses or COVID-19 and she will be very clear in saying that however she is a medical doctor and she does lots and lots of research and gets her information from really reliable sources so hopefully you can sit back this will hopefully relax your mind and your anxiety as you go through this time with your loved ones and your family and in addition to that I do want to say that You are all just so wonderful. Thank you for following me on social media and going through this journey and commenting. I would also love for you to leave a review on my podcast. And we are having a podcast reboot, so I'm excited to tell you that. Uh, The sound in this podcast might be a little weird because I'm home now. I'm doing this podcast differently. and um, But coming up, we have such a great show for you. Please as always have a pen and a paper and maybe listen with your family so we can hopefully answer some of the questions that you may be a little stressed about get ready to trust and believe when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dr. Lauren Fitzgerald. First of all, anyone out there, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm just going to let you know that uh, we just went through a little something <laughs> trying to get this set up. Yes, we did. But how synonymous with that 
is that with what's going on in the world right now? People 100%. are trying to figure out a new space. A 100% and figuring out how to trust and believe that we will overcome the struggle and survive on the other end of it. And I think trust and believe. I think the thing that's really interesting, uh, first of all, you know, I love you. Um, Lauren has, you know, been there for me in other ways that we don't have to talk about today. No. But I think what's really interesting is we were just talking. I usually record my podcast in person or I have these other mics. And because of the coronavirus, I'm now doing something different and something new and troubleshooting. And before we get started and you telling everyone what's happening in the world with their health, you know, how are you getting along with the coronavirus and changing things up? I, I mean, mine is not much different because I do work from home. Um, but I've definitely, I, when I travel, all of my travel has been canceled because I am, I'm taking social responsibility um, and quarantining myself, even though I, myself and my significant other are not infected. Yes, good for you. Same here. We yeah. have, you know, we're so blessed that Scott, myself, the boys, mom and dad specifically, yes. oh, because yeah. mom had a really bad fall and a yes. lung situation that happened the other day. So um, anyway, let's get to, let's get to the point. Let's you know. get to the point. We're going to talk all things <laughs> coronavirus. COVID-19. We're going to talk all things. Yes, we are. <laughs> and um, so basically I'm just going to have a bunch of questions for you. Absolutely. And you're just going to shoot at it because I think that what's happening in the world is people are Googling, yes. they see memes, they hear conspiracy theories. Yes. They, you know, they're just stressed Absolutely. And, and they're just talking instead of really listening. So today, hopefully they'll listen. Absolutely. Um, so first question, what is COVID-19 and what are the symptoms? I love it. Well, before I even answer that, I want to make sure that your audience knows I'm an MD. I'm a medical doctor. I'm a trained board certified anesthesiologist. I'm not an infectious disease doctor. I'm not a virologist. Um, But in medical school, that is part of our training. I mean, we deal with infectious diseases like coronavirus all the time, um, but I've never seen um, it to this extent. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that this is not considered medical advice. I'm, I'm a medical doctor, but not their medical doctor. Um, but this is definitely used so that we can help educate the public because there's so much bad information out there and you have to really be careful about who you let into your thought space when it comes to this topic. So, okay, so to answer the first question, so just like we saw in the 80s, the difference of HIV and AIDS, we have a virus name and then we have the disease that is, it, it causes, right? So the virus is actually SARS Corona type 2. And we actually saw SARS type 1 back in my, my third year of medical school in 2003. And that mostly hit the Asian population. I remember we did have to take some precautions being in the hospital because I was a third year medical student, but it never got to the point where it was a pandemic affecting the whole world and, and specifically our country, the United States. Um, that being said, it was caused by this type of coronavirus. There's tons of coronaviruses, actually, and most Mm -hmm. of them don't cause this kind of havoc. Um, But the difference between that type and and today's type, the type 2, is... it it causes a different kind of disease. So the disease that it causes, we are calling COVID-19. So that's the difference between the virus that causes and the disease name. Does that make sense? It does because I was one of the ones where when it was first mentioned and they started quarantining the 
cruise ships and yep. people were, you know, traveling back and forth across the Pacific. Just a little backstory. When Melissa McAllister and I were coming home from Australia, Australia. they stopped us and they were like, were you in Asia? So oh, uh, I, I just, I really just appreciate that, especially going into the history of it, like helping people understand like this isn't the, this isn't the first time that something like this has happened, but taking yeah. the precautions are necessary. And so anyway, I was going to say, I was Googling initially. <laughs> Dr. Google, you need to, to stay away from Dr. Google. <laughs> right. It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So <laughs> I was Googling. And originally when I looked up coronavirus, I was like, it's the same as every other type of cold. Right. So exactly. why are they calling it coronavirus? So thank you for just kind of being very specific to why it's named COVID-19. Okay, Absolutely. so what are the symptoms? So so there is a great chart, and I'll share it in my um, Instagram stories as well, because it's a chart that compares the different signs and symptoms of COVID-19 to the common cold, to the flu, to seasonal allergies, because let's face it, the other three we're not quite as concerned about, but you want to make sure that if you have COVID-19, that you are 100% self-quarantining yourself, right? So um, the biggest thing that we worry about, whether you have one of these symptoms of one of the four different diseases that I just talked about, COVID-19, cold, uh, the the you know, generic cold, flu, and then seasonal allergies. The, the thing that we worry about most in this is the shortness of breath. So mm. we, what we are finding is that what's so different about this virus is that the way it presents is not typical of anything we've seen. And so, like, for instance, in China, there were a whole host of people that were having GI symptoms, and they were thinking that it was completely not related to this particular virus, so they admitted all of these patients onto a floor thinking that it was a GI infection, and sure enough, it was actually this particular virus. So, I, I, and that's the scary part of this, and I, I want your listeners to go away not with fear, but with a healthy fear, because we do have to have a healthy fear of this and understand that this virus doesn't only present with fever in everyone or doesn't only prevent or present with a cough in everyone. There are a lot of people that are infected with this virus that don't have any of those symptoms yet are still infectious. And that's the scary part. <laughs> that is very scary. Right. Okay. I'm going to move to the next question. How should we protect ourselves? Man. So I will tell you this. Um, Back in, at the end of January, when things were happening in China, when mm. I heard that they were building a whole hospital just to take care of this, that was when I started to think this might be something different than what we've seen in the past. And I, I even wore a mask when I flew out to, to California for my conference. Um, the fact is that at the point that we have gotten, especially in the United States, and I know you have listeners from all over the world, but this pertains to everyone really in the world right now, um, is that we've got to take social responsibility and literally quarantine ourselves. And I know that that invokes a lot of fear and anxiety in a lot of people, but we keep hearing about this curve, right? We want to flatten the curve. Flatten the flatten curve. The curve. Yeah. And let's just be honest. I'm sure some people are like shaking their head, but they're like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Can we just talk about that? It's so ridiculous. You got social distancing. You got flatten the curve. You got, you know, Those you are the buzzwords. All, I mean, people have nicknamed coronavirus Rona. The, I'm like, no. <laughs> and it's my people. I'm sorry oh, I to say it's my I people. wasn't going to say that, but my best friend Jessica told me. 
the same thing. <laughs> and I know, I, you know, some people are like, oh my gosh, why are you guys laughing? It's just, it's just the you point have- of how this brings up so many different things. So anyway, so back true. to flatten the curve. So flatten true. the curve. Flatten the curve. Okay. So, so let's take something that almost all of us have had, the chicken pox. Okay. Mm-hmm. The R not, which R not basically means you, Shanti, get chicken pox. How many people per one person are you going to infect? And the R not, the higher that number is, the higher the infectivity is. So chicken pox, super high R not. It was like 10. That means for one Shanti, you're going to infect 10 different people. Right? So the R naught of this particular virus, it's not on the low side, but we're thinking it's somewhere between two and four people. So right now, that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but if you think in exponentials, that. <laughs> that doubles very quickly. Um, I heard an analogy. If you handcuff someone to the top of the, the last row at the Yankee Stadium and you start on home plate and you start adding a drop of water to the stadium and then the next minute you drop two drops and you keep exponentially doubling it, how, how long do you think before that person who's handcuffed at the top of the stadium is going to drown? It's a like, year? It's like 12 and a half hours. Wow. So that's the power of the exponential, right? The R naught. Now, the R naught of this virus is not a set number. The, the universe is not like, okay, your R naught is two. It totally depends on what we as humans do and how we interact. We're social creatures, right? It's really hard for us to stay quarantined. But the fact is right now, we want that number of infectivity to be on the lower side instead of the higher side. And that's completely dependent on those of us that are healthy. Like if you get coronavirus, I'm not concerned about you being in the 20% or less that are going to get severely ill to the point that I'm worried about your health. Yeah, like you dying, right? Mm -hmm. But let's take your your in-laws. You you could be carrying the virus for five to twelve days. That is the 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 time in which you could be infected with it and not showing symptoms. Scary, right? Like in theory, you could be infected right now if you went out to, you know, go celebrate St. Patty's Day last weekend, like so many people here in Chicago did. And sharing drinks and the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Because your, your wits are definitely down when you're drinking alcohol, making dumb decisions and spitting and whatnot, right? Um, so five to 12 days before you can show symptoms. And so in that time, you're going to the grocery store, you're going to wherever. And these people, you're getting infected. And so you, if you get sick, you're probably going to have, you know, maybe a week where you're feeling really crappy. You're, you're running some fever. You're probably going to have a cough. Um, you may or may not have some of the other symptoms that are not super common, but most people are running fever and having a cough, right? Um, but you're gonna, your immune system's going to fight it and you're going to get over it. And you're going to have immunity to it for, they think, about a year or, or two right? You're not immune to it forever. Like the chicken pox. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. But what if you get your mother-in-law infected? Those, our population of 65 and older are the people that we're worried about having severe outcome. And this is where we literally, we have got to be selfless in this. And, and this is where I, I made a post today about our young people, like our millennials who, you know, I mean, we all went through that stage where the world revolves around us and we really were like, oh, 
it seems just fine. You know, I'm, I'm here on the beach in, in Italy. It doesn't seem like anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> Honey child, <laughs> you, 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 you need to realize that this is so much bigger than you because in this whole time that you're like, well, I don't care if I get it because I'm young and healthy. You could be infecting someone's grandmother or someone's um, immunocompromised loved one that's on chemotherapy, um, people that don't have a normal immune system. And what they're seeing is that people that have a severe reaction to this that are, are at way increased risk of actually dying from this, they need ventilator support, which is a breathing machine, from three to six weeks. Can you imagine if someone to just- help them breathe. Yes, to keep yeah. them alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's scary because um, I, we're hearing off the record from some doctors in China and Italy that they're considering euthanasia in some of these people because they don't have enough breathing machines to keep these oh, people alive. Oh, that's really sad. It's terrible because it's, it's I mean, can you, have you ever been to the place where you can't breathe? I mean, it's, it, you know. It, I've well, actually never been there. Thank goodness, right? The yeah. only people that can relate are people that have had a near drowning experience or have civ like asthma. Asthma, yeah. Right, right. And, and that is the worst feeling when you breathe in and you feel like you're hungry for air because the exchange at the base of your lungs called your alveoli are not getting oxygen into your blood and you feel like you're literally starving for air. It's, it's mm. terrible. And that's, that's why... The social distancing, it's not just about you not catching it because you're not worried because you've got a good immune system. It's you don't know how many people you're going to infect. I mean, it, we're not thinking that the r naught is as 10, but we're thinking it's somewhere between two and four. What if one of those four people that you get infected um, is, is your grandmother that, you know, is at a nursing home that you go visit on a regular basis? I mean, this is where we just have to take social responsibility. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, hearing that, a lot of people in the nursing homes are getting sick. You're saying to yourself, well, their loved one may not e even have known that they had the virus because they're young and healthy and they might have felt like, oh, I have a little cough and it's not a big deal. Absolutely. <clears throat> or they're just not having any symptoms at all and they go and they kiss grandpa or grandmother or whatever and next thing you know, they're sick and they're like, how did you get it? Right. And they don't know. Um, so... You answered the next question. Well, no, this question, how long are you contagious after you show the first signs? There, they are, there are some speculations that there is still viral shedding up to 32 days after. And, and that's the thing we don't know. Like some of the smartest people, smartest virologists in the world are looking and studying this, this virus because it's just, it's un anything, unlike anything that we've ever seen before. So that's, that's the reality of it is that it, it literally, you could be past your symptoms, but still shedding the virus that can still infect people. And that's why, you know, when you said, you know, kiss your grandma, you don't need to have that kind of direct contact to get infected. That's the problem. I mean, the, the latest, uh, I, I believe that the British Journal of Medicine published um, the, the latest thing that we know about this, how long it can stay in the air, how long that it can live on surfaces like cardboard, copper, steel, and plastic. And I mean, mm. it's, it's a long time, <laughs> which is scary. They, they say up to three hours in the air. So in theory, if you're walking in an area that someone just was like, oh, I'm by myself, I'm in a cough and, and let the, the, the respiratory droplets just go in the air and not cover their, their mouth, 
you could walk into an area up to three hours later and breathe in and, and, and get infected. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And so how does that affect the, what's the difference between being inside like a pub and then being outside? Like if you say, I want to go for a run today. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's literally, <coughs> it, it's imagine, it's just odds, it's statistics. If you were in a closed place that has less room for air particles to move and, and respiratory droplets, you have a higher likelihood of getting infected if someone that was infected with coronavirus was in that vicinity. You go out for a run, you're talking about an infinite amount of space out in the air that most likely, even if someone was running down that path before you, it's not going to be in that place because it has an infinite place to move. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I just wanted to make sure because I know a lot of people are like, I want to go outside. I want to go for a run. And right. <clears throat> excuse me, my voice. And, um, you know, just trying to help people understand that you shouldn't be going to the restaurant right now. No. Because last night I, um, I had to go get something for the podcast, right? But I was like, the Apple store was closed. And I was like, thank God that was a sign. Right. So, but on my way out of the area, I saw these restaurants and they were packed. And I'm like, people, I mean, I had my, even I had to go to the grocery store yesterday. Yeah. I had my wipes. They had hand sanitizer. You know, it was like, everyone's taking these extra precautions and people are still going to the restaurant having drinks. And it's not like the servers or the waitress or waitresses, waiters or waitresses, whatever you call them. Um, it's not like they're wearing gloves or masks so that, you know, it's like you have to be careful. Okay. So you answered a lot of the questions that I had in your last questions, but uh, I want to ask this question because I think it's interesting. Maybe you kind of answered it before, but if you catch the virus, is it possible to get it again? Okay. So that, that's a great question because up, up until last week, we didn't know the answer to that for sure. Um, they are showing that once you get infected, you do mount an immune response. That response. That being said, for the immunocompromised, obviously, we're not, we're not concerned with them not mounting an immune response. We're, we're worried about them actually dying from it. So if you have a normal immune system, yes, you'll most likely be sick from it, feel like crap for you know, a week or so, and then your body will mount its own immunity so that if you happen to be around someone else, you won't get sick again. Good to know. Okay. Um, you answered that question. You answer, you answer a lot of questions in one answer. Well, You're I, so well, thorough. <laughs> well, I, I, I knew that we could cover a lot in, in a short amount of time because, you know, th these are some basic facts that really I, I want to I make sure that your audience knows that your own life is not really what I'm fearful of for most of your audience. Because most of your audience, I mean, they work out from home. They're, they're doing things that have built their own health and immunity mm. so that they, I mean, this is what our immune system was built for, right? But the fact is that the people that we love the most, our elders, um, and then, you know, some immunocompromised people, those are the ones that, that we really 
truly need to act selflessly and say, okay, it's not, it's not worth it to take that risk. I'm just going to sacrifice and spend the next few weeks at home and getting out as minimal as possible. And with that said, if you do get it, uh, what else should you do besides quarantining yourself? That, that's a great question. So this, like most viruses, there's no cure for it. There's no antiviral that you can take to, to help decrease symptoms. And literally, it's what we call supportive care. So supportive care can mean anywhere from you're taking Tylenol to help decrease the fever. Um, I'll tell you, the last time we saw each other in person was in New York, where I picked up who, this actually, it could have been the coronavirus. I never went to go get tested for flu. I felt like it was the flu. But this was right when things were happening in China. And it, the thought crossed my mind. But the fact is that I wouldn't have gone to get tested to see if it was flu or corona because my symptoms were containable and I, I opted not to take acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, because my body's own immune system was meant to, to fight that fever, right? And so, you know, supportive care can look anywhere from the zinc lodges, lodges, lozenges, I can't say that word, um, that, you know, will help sore throat because if you're coughing a lot, oftentimes there will be a sore throat involved. Um, ibuprofen. Ibuprofen is in the class of drugs called NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And there is one paper out from France that's saying that people that are taking that, um, if they are infected with coronavirus, it's getting worse. Now, that is a, a one one paper thing. I don't know the validity of it because I've seen other papers out of Vienna and other places that say that they haven't noticed that thing. NSAIDs are typically taken for like body aches and, and, and sore muscles and whatnot. Acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, are typically taken for the fever. So right now we're recommending just stick with the Tylenol, the acetaminophen, if you're going to take over-the-counter stuff. Um, and then, you know, supportive care, like uh, making sure you're hydrated. Sleep. I cannot tell you how important you getting good sleep is for your immune system. Sleep, sleep, sleep. I'm telling you right now, you've got to prioritize that. I want to make reference to what you said about being in New York because Sam, he was the first person to get it that right. we all knew. Yes. And then... He even said, he was, he said, I really believe I had the coronavirus because he went and got tested for the flu and it wasn't the flu. See, and I, knowing that, because Dr. Elamine's wife tested positive for the flu. So I was around a few people that I knew got tested that it was positive. But then hearing that about Sam, I, I really, because mine, I, I used to have asthma ever since I've changed what I eat. So I, I stay away from dairy and gluten and, and those kind of really inflammatory foods. And uh, I used to be on a lot of asthma and allergy medicines. I've been off of those now for a good five years. Um, but when I do get sick, and it's so rare, but when I do get sick, I get what's called reactive airway. And when I was sick with whatever it was after New York, I literally was air hungry. Like my cough was so bad. I wouldn't be surprised if I had was it was the coronavirus instead of influenza. But again, yeah. I, I survived it and I'm good. Yeah, everyone, everyone got sick and I'm knocking <laughs> on wood right now, except yeah. for Scott and I. <laughs> Scott and I were the only ones. I think Alex had something the week before, but we, it was, it was, it was crazy. Okay. Um, I have two more questions. Yes. How do I keep myself motivated in the house all day long? Oh, man. Well, of course, you're the king of, of workout videos from home. I mean, I did put up a post yesterday. I saw. That tells about here, here are the seven things you can do, especially if you work from home and you're not used to it and yes. you have kids and you don't have a babysitter. 
But from a doctor standpoint, a medical doctor standpoint, what are some of the things that people can do? I, I mean, well, there's a few things. If you are infected, it really is important for you to quarantine yourself off. You want to try your best to not get your loved one sick. So if you share the same roof with other people, like Chris, he did a great job of letting me quarantine myself and he never got sick when I got back from New York and had whatever that was. Um, so if you're sick, that's one thing. If you are not sick and no one in your family underneath your same roof is sick, then man, the community is still so important. And people that have never done stuff like Zoom, like we're recording this podcast on Zoom right now, um, FaceTime, Skype, like getting connected with other people I think is so important because the mental aspect of this is huge. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people that are facing like, super bad anxiety that we're already having underlying anxiety issues. And now this is just hyping it up. People that have never experienced anxiety are experiencing it. And I mean, let's face it, we're human. We're creatures that we're meant to be connected with other humans and we're meant to move. So it's, it's a obvious, you need to get some kind of exercise movement, whatever you want to call it at home, whether it's the insane insanity at home or just getting out and walking your dogs outside, you've got to move, but you also got to be connected. And literally the thoughts, the, the whole concept of thoughts lead to um, emotions that lead to actions. Like you have to keep that in mind. So what what are you filling your thoughts with? Are you following a bunch of accounts or a bunch of news channels that are constantly giving you all negative stuff? Those thoughts will change your emotions and will lead to actions. Negative that, actions. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just be careful and mindful of that. You know, the, I, I hope that your podcast listeners walk away with hope because this, we're not, we're not at the point where the, everyone's going to die from this. Thank goodness. But we are at a point where you can take personal responsibility at, okay, I'm going to sacrifice and stay home for a few weeks. You guys, that's nothing. This is what most people would actually dream of that, you know, like you're looking at the person, <laughs> right? You're looking at the person that while I'm not happy that people are sick and we have this crazy epidemic happening, but I'm very happy to actually have this time with my family. Like today, you know, a lot of things I miss, you know, because right. of a, a working traveling parent. Right. Yep. But this morning, like, our boys got up and came in our room for the first time today. I you know, saw like that. It's, I was just watching your stories. It made my heart melt. <laughs> like it, it's those kind of things where, you know, and Scott and I are like working together. Like I'm working in the morning and yep. he's working in the afternoon. And then we have the grandparents that are, you know, helping out. And it's, yep. it's really really just connecting the village, you know? And Absolutely. I think that instead of being like, I'm home with my spouse and I can't, I'm like, take this opportunity to like love them Absolutely. and to appreciate them and to Absolutely. do some, our kids are so young. They can't play board games yet, but you know, we can paint, we Absolutely. can sing, we yep. can dance, we can, and of course there's going to be screen time, you of know, course. of course, keep it healthy. Like yesterday, our boys, they love, they love screen time. We keep it as, as educational as possible. Right. Right. But what I said is I was like, I'm going to work a little bit here. Yeah. And every time a commercial came on, I was like, come here guys. And I had a couple books lined up and I was like, we're going to read this book during a commercial. I love that. And then they run back and I, but I have to get done what I have to get done. Absolutely. And screen time helps. So it's also being creative with it your is. time. 
It and absolutely is. I like to tell is. people being creative. Um, so last question, best, and you, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this question because you're not in the, you know, World Health Organization. Right, group. right. But um, best case scenario, when could this all be over? And Man. in the worst case. If I could become like the Wizard of Oz and just tell everyone exactly what to do and make everyone just stay inside and literally quarantine and get out none, it could be like in May. And that's nothing, right? But if, if people keep acting in selfish manner and like, well, I'm, I'm young, I'm not worried about it and keep spreading it, um, they're saying that it could be the middle of summer. It could be beyond that. And, and that's the reality of it. That's, that's the whole flattening of the curve. If we could slow it down and make it where the r not instead of four people is two people, then that exponential number is a little bit slower because, I mean, people are going to get it. And, and the, the thing that we worry about is the hospital systems. Because like I said, can you imagine if your, your mom or your mother-in-law needed a ventilator could depend on how quickly we flatten that curve out because there, there are only so many ventilators in the United States. And yeah. the fact is, if we don't slow it down and flatten that curve out, there's going to be a place where, sorry, Sean T, I don't care who you are. We're all out of ventilators. So your mother-in-law is just going to have to basically, you know, see what happens and we'll yeah. support her as much as possible, but she's unable to breathe on her own. So she probably won't live that long. Like that's what we're looking at. <laughs> so it, it, you know, it, it is, it is totally dependent on everyone taking their own responsibility and just really realizing that you can make a difference by not doing anything and just staying inside and away from people. Yeah. Just by talking about flattening the curve, you, you know, having people say we have to wait two weeks and, oh my gosh, I have to be in the house for two weeks. And I'm like, if two in two weeks, if you don't go anywhere, like what You're they're doing in Italy, no, but not even that. Like you, you literally flatten the curve. Because yeah, no, 100%. imagine, imagine the people in Italy, they didn't quarantine themselves exactly. and they're out and they're at the, the shops and they're going to work and exactly. they're, you know, passing money back and forth. Right. 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 And that's that, the difference between China and Italy. China basically came in and, and they're like, uh, you don't get an option. Italy waited too late. And, mm -hmm. and the word is we've waited too late, but the, the curve can be flattened sooner than Italy based on what we do as, as a country. And, and we have to take responsibility for that and just realize this too shall pass. But how, how fast it passes totally depends on the individual and how much you take responsibility for that the whole concept of, of self-quarantining and, and socially distancing yourself. Yeah, I'm all for a full lockdown because no, I just don't want people to get sick. I mean, yeah, exactly. you know, we have a bunch of fit fam out there and while they work out, some of them are in their 60s oh, and yeah. 70s and we yep. want to make sure they're healthy and happy too. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Lauren Fitzgerald, you are incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I hope your listeners get something good out of it. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That was so wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Lauren Fitzgerald. Again, please go follow Dr. Lauren Fitzgerald on social media. Seek her out. She is a great, reliable source, more than just you know, these type of health things. She's great with food and hormones and she's actually really doing something special in her life right now and studying for something that's so great that's going to bring you more knowledge in terms of food and nutrition and internal health. So if I were you, I would actually go follow her and and you'll see she and I together many, many, many times. Uh, she also was a guest on my webinar that I did for intermittent fasting. So it would be great for you to download that. The link is in the show notes and you can check that out. And like I always say in closing, I hope that you are believing in yourself, trusting yourself, following not the rules, but following your heart in terms of this is what I need to do to keep myself healthy, to keep my family healthy, to continue to work out, to continue to push forward in my nutrition and just to continue to trust and believe in who I am. Because here's what I know. If you take this time to maximize your life, figure out some things that you can do to enhance your life that's different than just running out the door every day and and the hustle and bustle of life. If you can really take this quarantine moment and really give yourself some self-enhancement and self-assessment, it would be really great. If you want, you can check out a post that I did on social media where I really asked you, what seven things are you going to do to really focus on building your life during this time? And so go check that out. Comment there. Uh, You also can go download my Trust and Believe journal. It gives you truth bombs that you can do once a week so you can stay connected to yourself. You can see that at shantiapparel.com. And other than that, I hope you are having a wonderful time staying healthy and believing. I will see you or hear you or speak to you very soon.